You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And thank you for making me your first listener today. Also, thank you for rocking with me on game day. I know there's plenty of other things you could be doing right now, but I appreciate you tuning in to me. So one thing that I realized had happened, uh, which was completely unintentional, is I forgot to do a um, to do an official prediction uh, episode for this week. So that is what I'm going to be doing uh, today. And what is what's going to end this episode off is something that I feel very strongly about um, in college football and in the NFL to some extent that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough because it's a very dangerous play uh, that just keeps playing itself out and playing itself out again and again and again that I I think that we need to get rid of. Uh, But before we get into that, let me shout out the NC State baseball team for coming away with a huge uh, series opening win against Duke. They, let me tell you something, this team uh, they they look pissed off for greatness, much like Daniel Joseph said of the uh, football team. And I know it's just a scrimmage. I know it was just a scrimmage, but man, they look good. Man, they were they were swatting them out of the park, and they they really did a great job. Um, as far as you know, the bats were just they were buzzing at an extremely high level. I mean, we led at one point eight to three. I believe the final score is fourteen to five. So. You know, just just a, a big deal um, as far as getting the job done in that scrimmage and and having uh, our, our bats perform so well, which I don't think we've had much of a problem with even last year. Last year was the bullpen that just, whoo-wee, it was tough, tough to get outs there. But now, uh, back to the Miami game and, and the prediction um, for this game. So I've said um, in the space with, Jonas Pope. Uh, by the way, if you don't follow Jonas Pope uh, on Twitter, he is the uh, NC State beat writer for the News and Observer. And I've said this in his space, and I've said it other places as well. This Miami team is primed for a cliff game. They're primed for the moment where they finally give up on Manny. But it's just like when when coaches say, hey, don't worry about it. The brakes just aren't going our way. Just keep keep your nose down. Keep grinding. We're going to figure this thing out. You have to do something to figure it out. So with in that same vein, we have to go out and execute to make this team uh, fall off that cliff. And with that being said, I think that we can. I think that the combination of Miami's traditionally slow starts um, with their lack of discipline will be their downfall in this game. I think that we'll be able to um, we'll be able to impose our will a little bit uh, offensively because even in some drives that we probably should have ended early, they're going to extend it via penalty. And with that being said, um, it'll be a tough time. It'll be an uphill battle from there for them to uh, make something happen. And their tackling problems against two of the best backs in the ACC, one of the best running back tandems in the country, really is. Is something that, again, I think that bodes very well for us. Uh, so, I have us winning this game 
Um, 37-24. 37-24. Uh, the reason that I say 37-24 is I think that they're, I mean, they're Miami, right? Like there's, there's still been plays where you've just seen an, an overwhelming amount of talent, an overwhelming amount of speed uh, on that team. And I think that they'll, they'll find some plays here and there. But I think all in all, we control this game early and we don't let up uh, because this is a game where traditionally NC State would fall flat. But I think that this year is different, uh, especially with, you know, we're talking about national respect that is or is not old. We're talking about Tyler Van Dyke saying, oh, well, we put up 40 on these guys last year. And this is a defense that is, our defense is one that is one of the top 10 or 15 in the country. And yet we can't even get respect from our opponents. So, you know, the only way to go get respect or the only way to, um, yeah, the only way to have the respect is to go get it. And that's that's what this game is going to be. So, like I said, 37-24 uh, will be my final prediction for this game. I think that Miami continues their uh, snide and I think that we continue our winning streak. The fact of the matter is simple. This team has to get out to a quick start. We have to run the ball well. And we have to push the ball deep in early downs. We we can't just rely on the run-run-pass method here. And also, the crazy thing about that is we don't run a, a, just a, a wide plethora of different rushing plays. Like That's the crazy part to me about the run-run-pass uh, theme that we kind of fall into as an offense sometimes, right? Like, don't get me wrong. We do do some creative things like the same side zone. So what I mean by that is, you know, when a, when you put a shotgun, uh, when you are in, out of the shotgun and it's not a pistol formation, generally people see where the back is and they say, okay, with a fair amount of accuracy, it is a belief that they're going to go to the opposite side just because that seems to be where um, where the running back's path naturally is after you snap the ball. But we do this thing where um, upon receiving the snap, the quarterback just turns to their right or left where the running back is, and the running back just takes a jab step back and then tries to uh, press the, the B-gap on the side where he's lined up at, which is it's fairly unique. Not a lot of teams in college football are running that right now. And so that's, that's a, an interesting a little wrinkle to our run game, but yet and still, it's still an inside zone play. Like we we're not bringing anything that is that crazy and innovative to our run game to where I'm like, yeah, run run pass will will get us over the hump uh, for the rest of the year. Defensively, I think we'll be who we are. I think we'll be just fine defensively. Um, you know, we we've talked about uh, some of the corners having a tendency to get some lazy penalties or, or you know, get get beat at the moment of truth by receivers that they should be, that they're in good position with, that they should be better than in there. That's, that's something that's a little bit of a concern uh, with the weapons that Miami has out wide. Like, there's no doubt about it when you're talking about a Charleston Rambo and you're talking about Harley and those guys. There's no doubt about it that they have weapons. But I think that we'll do enough. I think that we'll do enough to win this game. I think we'll do enough to, um, you know, leave Coral Gables with a win or leave Hard Rock Stadium, rather, uh, with a win. I, I think that we'll do just fine in that regard. So, again, 
is my final prediction for this game. And I don't I'm not saying that that they make this game look easy. Because I do think that there may be some some tight times or some times where Miami is really surging to come back. Uh but I think that we 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 execute enough to and are efficient enough to exploit some of Miami's weaknesses. And I think that we play a good ball control game that keeps Van Dyke on the sideline as well. So I, I think that we do all of those things. Um, and and defensively, we just are who we are. Special teams-wise, we don't have a catastrophic game, and we go on to make a win from there. Like I said, I don't think it'll be easy, but I think it'll get done. One thing that is easy is prize picks. College football fans, have you heard of prize picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of Power 5 as well as mid-major players that you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All the users that deposit and use promo code LOCKEDON will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and then over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries as basketball season gets rolling, so use the award-winning app. On both the App Store and Google Play, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the play that I wanted to talk to you all about that I feel like is very important that either new rules are established or the rules are enforced as they as they are currently written and taught to players in a way that makes more sense than what we're seeing now is the quarterback slide. And I know some of you all are, are thinking, oh, this is this is Ken going on a rant about uh, how defenders are, are not put in a good position and, and how, you know, the, the cause are always going to go against defenders. Not at all. This is actually, there is the, the of course, the 15-yard penalty aspect of it that is bad because I don't think that that should be a penalty. But this is also for quarterbacks' health and safety. Okay? I'm watching the SMU Tulane game last night, all right? And I see Tulane's quarterback is attempting, uh, their quarterback is attempting to slide, their quarterback breaks off a big run and is attempting to slide, like, at day, right after he gets the first down, and there was a defender about a yard or two away from him. Now, here's what I'm saying here, all right? Here's, here's all I'm Here's all I'm going to say. The quarterback from Tulane was injured on this play. And it's very sad 
it's not wasn't a cool thing to and I wasn't watching it last night. I'm sorry. It was it was Thursday night where this hit had occurred. Um, but anywho, I'm watching this game. I'm at uh, Lifetime Fitness working out. I'm watching this game, and Tulane's quarterback takes off scrambles, gets the first, and then tries to slide with a defender about a yard and a half, two yards away from him, already sunk in his hips, already exploding into the tackle. And the call on the field was late hit. It was late hit and targeting, but they checked the call. Targeting was removed. The late hit stood. Now, here's my problem with this. Quarterbacks are becoming more mobile than we've ever seen. At every level now. At every level. Just in the past four years, the average quarterback in the NFL was rushing for about 130 to 150 yards per season. That number has jumped up to like 180, 180. Yeah, 180 or 200 at this point. Why is that important? Quarterbacks are becoming a part of the run game, right? I don't have a problem with that. Here's where my problem with the the sliding and late hit thing comes in. These quarterbacks are sliding so late that it is not giving defenders an adequate amount of time to pull up. And the rule is written now. The rule is written. If a defender has already committed to making a tackle, if a defender has already began the tackling motion, you know what? I'm not even going to try to read the rule because I can't find it. I'm sorry for not having that readily available for you. But the fact of the matter is simple here. We saw Devin Leary get hurt in a similar way in that it looked like he was surrendering himself, but it didn't look like he was sure about it. It didn't look like he was committed to it. And again, with what we have seen out of college football as of late, with what we have seen with mobile quarterbacks as of late, with what we've seen with average quarterbacks, completely middle-of-the-road quarterbacks and their ability to run the ball, we are seeing situations where if these players are waiting till the last second, they're getting concussions, they're getting their seasons ended, they're getting all these things. There needs to be a very strong push and initiative on this from the referees because the thing is, Offensive players think, oh, I'll get a 15-yard penalty or I'll draw a 15-yard penalty, maybe take a little take a little hit for it, but I'm going to get up, bounce up after getting my team an extra 15 yards, maybe extending our drive that shouldn't have been extended or just throwing 15 yards on any drive. I mean, that's that's over – I mean, the, the the field end zone end zone is 100 yards, so you're, you're giving your team 15% of the field just in doing that. But here's the problem. Like I've already said, the health and safety is one part of it, but the way that it's called is the other part. Referees have to do a better job of seeing this and understanding this player has already gotten into the sliding motion. I'm sorry, this player has already gotten into the tackling motion. This player has gotten into the tackling motion, and with this player in the tackling motion, it is virtually impossible Virtually impossible to be one step out and then all of a sudden, because the quarterback decides to slide, you have to now go out of your way to avoid hitting him. I was always taught to make a tackle by aiming, aiming for the person's body 
and whichever angle direction you're coming from, you want to knock them three yards in that direction. Unless you're behind them, then you want to grab them and pull them back with everything you've got. But in any other circumstance, if you're hitting them laterally, if you're hitting them uh, square on from the front, if you're hitting them from the side, you want to make sure that you get through, aim through them, and hit for three yards. If you are doing that and you are sinking your hips and exploding out of your hips to wrap up, get your head out of the way, make a tackle, head up, everything else is good. If a quarterback decides to slide in that half moment, how do you tell the difference? Because a lot of people like to watch the play in slow-mo, replay it a thousand different times, and say, oh, well, you can clearly tell he's trying to slide there. You're saying that from your couch. I am telling you as somebody who's been between those lines, the game moves faster than you think. The game moves way faster than you think. So with that being said, me and Tom Brady have never agreed on much. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this as if me and Tom Brady are friends who have conversations often. What I'm saying is, I don't agree with a lot that Tom Brady has to say. Uh, but he he said something very interesting when he said, the rules are being uh, enforced in a way that offensive players are, defensive players are being penalized for uh, offensive players putting himself or putting themselves in bad situations. I think that there has never been more true, more true statements said by Tom Brady. Like at the end of the day, he said that when Ray Lewis played against our receivers, um, I would have to put the ball in a certain place in order to avoid Ray. He, uh, and let me say this exactly correct. Defensive players get penalized for offensive mistakes. Okay. And the exact part is a quarterback should only throw the ball certain places because your receiver is in danger of getting hit. For example, when I used to play against Ray Lewis, I wouldn't throw the ball to the middle of the field because he would hit them, knock them out of the game, and now every hard hit is a penalty on the defense. So I feel like they penalize defensive players for offensive mistakes. And that is exactly what I'm talking about here. It is an offensive mistake to wait until the dead last minute to slide. That's an offensive mistake. The rules are designed to give you an outlet to surrender yourself and keep it pushing. The rules are designed in that way for a reason. The rules are designed to give you an out to where if you don't want to get hit, you can safely do so. But in that, you are deciding, I am giving, I am foregoing the opportunity to gain extra yardage. You cannot say, I, as soon as I get the first down, I'm going to slide. Because the defenders don't, they don't take that into account, nor should they, nor should they be forced to. There shouldn't be a situation where defenders are, are saying to themselves, okay, the quarterback is probably going to slide after he gets the first, so let me just, you know, just throw a little shoulder and, and just, we saw what happened in the Miami University of No Consequences game when you decide to throw a, a shoulder, throw a lazy shoulder at quarterbacks. Sam Howell was bouncing off them young men like, uh, like a pinball and found himself a couple touchdowns. That is what I mean when I say this play is dangerous because, again, I'm talking about the injuries for the quarterbacks. I'm talking about 15 yards you're giving an offense just for the quarterback specifically employing a technique that should not even be legal. You should not be allowed to slide that late. You are putting yourself in too much danger. But they get 15 yards for it, so they're going to continue to do it. 
And then you look at the, the quality of the product of the game. Who, how do you tackle somebody that you know is a protected class? How do you do it? Even in the pocket, right? Defenders find ways to get sacks. It's amazing. Considering all the protections that quarterbacks are given, it's amazing. But then you go a step further and say when they're out of the pocket and they're no longer supposed to be that protected class, LOL, JK, they are, because if they decide to slide, even if they slide, when you are right on them, almost barely outside of their body prism, just barely, by an inch, you're close enough that if time were to stop and everybody were to freeze, right? Y'all were playing red light, green light, like a squid game. You could reach out and grab the man. And then you would be looking at a situation of, oh, 15-yarder late hit because the quarterback decided to slide with uh, half a step to spare. That's craziness. Again, you're putting yourself at risk. And for what? And for what? To get the extra 15 yards? You're putting yourself at risk for what? Make a football play at that point. Your chances of getting hurt when you see that guy coming, if you decide, you know what? I'm going to drop my shoulder. You know what? I'm going to try to juke. You know what? I'm going to just protect the football. Is much lower than when you are in a defensive position where your entire body is leaned back on one leg, your other leg is fully extended, and you're at the mercy of whatever force that defender brings. It has to be a change. It has to be. Like I said, this relates to NC State because we've lost Devin Leary for a year off of this. And if you watch the play against Duke, the targeting is, is that's there, right? But Devin Leary didn't miss a year because he broke uh, because of, of concussions. He broke his leg because he did not properly give himself up. That is my entire point here. That is my entire point. If we want to build a better product with these games, we have to make better rules. And if you want to build a better body, get Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know that you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you were eating a candy bar, but you're not because Built Bar is low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all of the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious and so many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar is that the mouth-watering flavors include coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia, as well as new limited-time flavors, which for this month are being dropped every three to four days. So head to their website as you don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're about to land this thing, but I think that I, I've made some fairly simple points here. Uh, I think that the, we, we dominate Miami with our discipline. Uh, we dominate Miami with our ability to execute. And we come away with a fairly handy win. I, again, I think 13 points is a, a good margin there. Um, and also, these quarterbacks have to do better about sliding. These refs have to do better about officiating that rule. Because at the end of the day, we've lost a quarterback for a year to this situation. And for people who don't realize like how important Devin Leary was to last year's team, I mean, Bailey Hockman 
did not finish the season for Middle Tennessee State. And we still won, what, seven, eight games? Imagine what that would have looked like with Devin rolling at his highest. But we didn't have it because there is not enough emphasis placed on, hey, quarterbacks, either give yourself up or make a football play. We are no longer letting you all off the hook for being stuck in the middle. We're no longer letting you off the hook for being stuck in the middle. Okay? You have to decide. When you give, when you give yourself up, give the defenders ample time to understand that. Because if you look at the, the mechanics of a slide, up until the front leg gets fully extended and the back leg tucks all the way under, if even if you're talking about half of that, right? Like your front leg is slightly extended and your back leg is kind of drifting back behind you a little bit, that's still a position out of which one could juke. One could back juke. One could juke to either side. And well, not really either side. Whichever foot is, uh, whichever foot is back, they can juke to the opposite side of that. Because you can't really, you can't really juke off a non-powerful. I mean, I guess you could if your leg was strong enough and you're wiry enough. But eh, that's kind of splitting hairs. But the fact of the matter is simple. Quarterbacks need to stop putting themselves in danger. Refs need to emphasize this so we stop putting quarterbacks in danger over a 15-yard penalty. Like, the 15 yards ain't worth it, dude. It's not. It's just not. Thank you all so very much for coming out. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you.